China launched a rocket over the skies of Taiwan on Thursday evening. According to Taiwan's defense ministry, a satellite-carrying rocket was launched from Sichuan, China just after 9 p.m. It sailed over central Taiwan as it headed toward the West Pacific region. Defense Minister Chiu Guozheng said no national alert was issued as the rocket's altitude was above the atmosphere. He ensured that there would be no danger to Taiwan. As the rocket slowly ascends, a deafening roar fills the air. This satellite-carrying rocket lifted off Thursday from the Xichang Satellite Launch Center in Sichuan Province. The rocket's trajectory passed over central Taiwan toward the West Pacific region. Taiwan's defense ministry rushed to issue a press release, saying it was closely monitoring the situation. It said the rocket was at an altitude beyond the Earth's atmosphere and posed no threat to Taiwan. Rocket launches are announced in advance. After seeing each announcement, we make a judgment based on the rocket's launch location and the landing zone of debris. We judge whether there's a need to issue an alert for a given region. However, if a rocket deviates from its path, or when we believe there could be danger, we will always issue an alert. This is our standard practice. The defence chief emphasised that the situation was fully under control, but cross-strait tensions have escalated since February 14th, when a Chinese fishing boat trespassed into Taiwan's waters, resulting in a chase that killed two fishers. According to DPP lawmakers, China routed the rocket over Taiwan as an act of provocation. We do hope that the trajectory of the launch was not designed to be provocative. We hope that China can understand that reducing tensions in the Indo-Pacific region is every nation's responsibility. The people have a right to know, especially with regard to national security issues. China has repeatedly crossed the cross-strait median line, and it must face up to the reality that such moves are opposed by the people of Taiwan. Amid China's repeated attempts to stoke fear, Taiwan security officials are on high alert. Lawmakers from both sides of the aisle have decried the provocations, urging Beijing to show restraint. KMT Vice Chair Andrew Xia is in China, where he's met with the director of China's Taiwan Affairs Office, Song Tao. During their encounter, Song condemned the ruling DPP for causing a Chinese fishing boat to fatally capsize on February 14th. Xia called the incident regrettable and said he would push the DPP to handle the incident properly. His remarks have sparked outrage in Taiwan, with netizens accusing him of being a traitor. KMT Chair Andrew Xia met with the head of China's Taiwan Affairs Office, Sung Tao, on Thursday. The encounter, their first since the presidential election, took place at the Fairmont Peace Hotel in Shanghai, where the historic Kuwang talks were held in 1998. Xia and Sung exchanged views on cross-strait affairs. On the common political basis of adhering to the 1992 consensus and opposing Taiwan independence, we are willing to meet the KMT halfway. Although the election results in Taiwan were not satisfactory, we can also clearly see that Taiwanese public opinion is fundamentally on our side. Both sides pointed fingers at the DPP, in particular regarding the deadly capsizing incident on February 14th. Sung criticised the DPP government for its brutal treatment of Chinese fishers, saying it led to two fatalities. He said the DPP had a ruthless disregard for human life 
and that its disregard for the life and property of Chinese fishers, quote, would not be tolerated. Sung added that China will firmly safeguard the legitimate rights of fishers. Xia expressed his condolences. We also find this incident extremely regrettable. We may also convey our condolences to the fishers' families through the Taiwan Affairs Office. We will press the DPP to ensure this matter is properly handled. We feel it's extremely regrettable that Andrew Xia is siding with China and echoing its rhetoric, parroting its interpretations. He is allowing politics to hijack this incident and putting pressure on the Taiwanese government. The DPP blasted Xia, as did Taiwanese internet users, who accused him of being a traitor and bullying Taiwan's people on China's behalf. They asked why Xia did not broach the issue of Chinese fishers trespassing in Taiwan's waters, branding him a running dog of the CCP. According to the latest reports, China is demanding that Taiwan handle the capsizing incident, as it had the Guangdaxing incident of 2013, in which the Philippine Coast Guard fatally attacked a Taiwanese fishing boat. I don't think our Coast Guard personnel had any intention to kill. It was purely an accident caused by a collision that occurred during the law enforcement process. In the incident with the Philippines, our fishing boat was operating legally in our exclusive economic zone and the Philippines brutally and unreasonably opened direct fire. They were shooting with machine guns. It's completely different from today's incident. Since February 14th, tensions have continued to rise in the Jinmen Shaman area, despite the Taiwan government's efforts. As sentiments run hot on both sides of the strait, the KMT officials' visit to China may only fuel controversy. A three-month window has opened for group travel to China. Dozens of tour groups set off on Friday under a Taiwan policy that allows group tours to China, but only until May 31st. The cutoff was imposed after China changed a flight path closer to the sensitive median line of the Taiwan Strait. On Friday, travelers said they felt lucky to have made the deadline. Let's hear from some of them. Actually, we planned this trip long ago. We go to China a lot. We didn't deliberately book a tour that leaves March 1st, so we're pretty lucky. At first, we weren't sure if this tour would go ahead, but then we were told tours can still go between March 1st and the end of May, so we thought it's going to be okay. Last year, they said travel to China would open up, so we inquired at a travel agency, thinking we could go on a holiday. We are very lucky to be part of the first wave of tours. The travel agency was in continuous contact with us, so the situation seemed stable and we felt reassured. Thousands of people across at least 50 tour groups were bound for China on Friday. Popular destinations were Zhou Jiagou in Sichuan, Chongqing and Zhang Jiajie in Hunan. According to Lion Travel, more than 90% of departing groups were on long trips, planning to at least spend eight days in China. Solomon Islands residents go to the polls April 17th to elect their national leader. The elections could be consequential not only for the islanders, but also for the United States and China, as Voice of America's Jessica Stone reports. Look around the Solomon Islands capital of Honiara and you'll see Chinese investment on every corner. The 10,000-seat national stadium used in the 2023 Pacific Games, backed by $220 million in Chinese investment. Upgrades at the port of Honiara. 
and a spacious Chinese embassy which opened one year after the Solomon Islands ended its diplomatic ties to Taiwan in favor of Beijing, under the leadership of Prime Minister Manasseh Sugavare, whose Our Party is hoping to maintain power in April's national elections. Sogavare pledges to continue to draw closer to China with a foreign policy he calls Look North. Our party's approach will focus on strengthening relationship with China through a Look North foreign policy. Sogavare's main opposition, the CARE Party, is led by Matthew Wale, a vocal critic of the island's increased dependence on Chinese investment. You know... You know the loyalty of your government is not to the people of the Solomon Islands, not to you, but to those who financed them. Wale advocated a public referendum on the 2022 security pact reached with Beijing and told VOA he does not support over-reliance on any one development partner. We seek a balanced engagement. We seek a balanced engagement in the international arena, an engagement that has national interests of the Solomon Islands at its forefront. For some Solomon Islanders, foreign policy is not top of mind. The concept of free education, especially for primary up to secondary, is uh, one thing that I've always been uh, really interested in. But Pacific expert Greg Brown says 80% of Solomon Islanders live in rural areas and may not see any benefits from Chinese investment. You might wonder if this investment uh, will appear in my community. Will my people, my neighbors, my family reap the benefits? Or will the money stay in the capital or in the bank accounts of elite? Brown says a win by the Our Party is a win for China and will be evidence the U.S. is losing influence in the region. Election Day is April 17th. Jessica Stone, VOA News. Taiwan is facing a critical blood shortage with supplies in the north down to just 3.8 days supply. In response, the Dada Digital Charity Foundation has launched a campaign to collect 10,000 bags of blood. The blood drive kicked off in New Taipei on Friday and will soon expand to five other cities and counties. The first stop is New Taipei. There's always a blood shortage around this time. We need more generous, kind people to give blood, to help out others, and to improve their own health as well. When we gave blood as youngsters, back when we were students, we were always happy about it. In the morning, we would go to class and there would be a call to donate. We would get a cup of milk and two eggs, and then we would have the afternoon off. So there was never a shortage of blood. After New Taipei, donation stations will be set up in Taoyuan, Xinju, Miaoli, Taichung, and Kaohsiung between Friday and March 31st. People aged 17 and up are encouraged to roll up their sleeves and help bring the blood shortage to an end. A bill is being drafted to reduce the amount of so-called shuping or phantom space a home buyer has to pay for. In today's housing market, buyers might pay for 30 ping of floor space, but have only 60 of that be in their actual home. The remaining 40% is phantom space. Outside their home, they're sharing the cost of common areas like swimming pools and elevators. But a new draft bill aims to cut down on that phantom space. If it's passed by the legislature, Common areas can only account for 25 to 30 percent of total floor space, down from 30 to 40 percent. The draft bill proposes two main changes. First, parking lots would be reclassified. 
so that people who don't own a parking space don't need to share in their cost. Second, it refines the formula for calculating floor area by eliminating unnecessary common areas. The Interior Ministry released the draft on Thursday. It will hold consultations with local governments, the real estate sector and other stakeholders before drafting a final bill. As we come towards the end of winter, there are lots of coughs and colds around us. Most coughs are gone in a week or two, but some linger on. And one patient with a persistent cough was unlucky enough to break his rib from a violent coughing fit. FTV spoke to the patient's doctor, Su Yifeng, who explained how it is possible to break your rib through a violent cough. Luckily, if you just break one rib, it can probably heal within a few months without surgery. <laughs> the weather has been fickle lately, and lots of colds and flus are on the rise. As infections migrate around the office, a stubborn cough is a nightmare that many of us have met. It's easy to find stories of nasty coughing fits. My head was spinning, my throat ached and made me want to cough. It felt like my gray matter would come oozing out of me. It felt like someone hitting me on the back until it really hurt. A 40-year-old patient at one clinic coughed so hard that he broke a rib. Dr. Su Yifeng provided this x-ray showing the crack in the seventh rib on the right, with the bones clearly displaced. He caught the illness and was coughing for a month or two. Eventually, his chest became very painful. It seemed 90% likely the broken rib was due to an injury. So I asked him if he had had an injury or a hit to the chest, and he said no. So it must really have been broken by coughing. A violent sneeze or even intense weeping or laughing can potentially also break a rib. Most of the treatment involves observation, waiting for him to recover. Because normally, a fractured rib doesn't require surgery unless the rib has been broken in multiple places or multiple ribs have been broken. Luckily, one or two broken ribs doesn't call for surgery. They will probably recover within three months. The doctor urges viewers, especially those more vulnerable to broken ribs, including men over the age of 60 or people with conditions like osteoporosis, to take special care if a coughing fit takes hold. Have you tried luo mo before? These big wraps, originally from Xuzhou, were brought to Taipei by an immigrant from the Chinese city. They're often stuffed with deep-fried noodles, but can also come with cumin lamb or any other kind of filling you can think of. Baked dry, this luo mo is filled with freshly sautéed cumin lamb the sharp aroma hitting your nose immediately. It can also be filled with crispy deep-fried noodles, mingling with green onion and spice with every bite. After letting it rise, the dough is formed into circles. Then it's rolled out until the dough is transparent. That way it doesn't become too tough when baked. The smell of baking bread bursts forth as soon as the dough hits the pan. It must come off as soon as it begins to bubble, not a second more or less. I miss food from home and wanted to have some of those flavors again. If I bake it for a second or two too long, it'll become charred or too dry. But you also can't ignore the filling. This one starts with lamb, green peppers, egg and celery. 
In the pan, she sprinkles on cumin and chilli powder before sautéing it together and tucking it into the lormo. There's also sangza, a fried noodle snack popular back in Shuzhou that's good with just a little green onion. You mix the noodles with salt and fried in oil. The first time, you might roll it as thick as a rolling pin, then the next time more like a chopstick. At Chengmin's restaurant, you can also enjoy beef rice noodles with a homemade mince. Every creation springs straight from her memories of growing up in Shuzhou. The Tokyo-based Yomiuri Giants will play at Taipei Dome this weekend in exhibition games marking the club's 90th anniversary. The Giants will face the CTBC Brothers on Saturday and the Rakuten Monkeys on Sunday. Ace pitcher Tomoyuki Sugano says he's eager to meet up with brothers coach Wang Jianming to thank Wang for mentoring him in Arizona. Giants shortstop Hayato Sakamoto said he's looking forward to seeing cheerleaders in action to experience the atmosphere of Taiwanese baseball culture. The Yomiuri Giants turned out at Taipei Dome Friday morning to warm up for their big weekend. The lineup included superstars Tomoyuki Sugano, Hayata Sakamoto, Shosei Togo, and Katsuma Okamoto. Taiwan's Jiang Jianming, who spent four seasons with the Giants, stopped by to see his old teammates. Everyone on the team has a good relationship with everyone else. They greet each other and give high fives and the like. I'm sure all of you saw I greeted everyone too, including coach Shinosuke Abe and the other players. Sugano, who will start against the Rakuten Monkeys, said he was eager to face Taiwanese power hitters Chen Chen Wei and Liang Jiarong. He was also keen to see Wang Jianming, pitching coach of the CTBC Brothers. Sugano said he wanted to thank Wang for mentoring him during a training camp in Arizona. After the draft, I spent some time in Arizona where I practiced with Wang Jianming and received his guidance. The training period had a great impact on my performance in Japan's baseball league, so I really want to thank him in person. Known for his dashing good looks, Sakamoto felt the enthusiasm of fans right at the airport. His every move at Friday's practice was closely watched by media. Sakamoto is competing in Taiwan for the third time. He said he looked forward to playing at the Dome and was especially impressed by Taiwan's cheerleaders. This is my third time in Taiwan. The cheerleading squads are leaving a deep impression on me. I find them very interesting and they're a very enjoyable part of the game. I really look forward to seeing the squads in action at the upcoming games. Even though they won't cheer much for the Giants, I like the atmosphere they create and look forward to the two upcoming games. The Giants will feature in two exhibition matches, playing the CTBC Brothers on Saturday and the Rakuten Monkeys on Sunday. Earlier in the week, the Monkeys made a special trip to Taipei to practice ahead of the game. They're here in Taiwan with their A-team pretty much. Everyone in the Giants' lineup is strong. When going up against more experienced batters, we'll need to make every pitch count. The one I'm most familiar with is Hayoto Sakamoto, but I wouldn't say my pitching will be targeted specifically against anybody. We're all in spring training, so our goal is to perform our best, not to pitch against anyone in particular. Getting the best condition possible for the upcoming season is probably what both our teams want. With the upcoming Taiwan-Japan Sporting Exchange, excitement is continuing to build for the 2024 baseball season.